This is Alex Martin, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Hey, it's Marvin Musken, and you're listening to Moto X Pod Show. Episode 88, we're live back in the studio, took a week off so that I could uh, recover from getting back from Millville, that was a long trip for me, but let's get our uh, sponsor reads done real quick, you guys know what's up, when riding dirt bikes, protection is key, all sport dynamics, wrist braces are the helmet for your wrists, top riders like Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarillo, Joe Savacci, Alex Ray, and many more. Plus, Major League Baseball players, NFL players, and pro bull riders all trust All Sport Dynamics. Visit motocrosswristbrace.com for info and follow them at wristbraceguy on Instagram or email me, darksidemx3 at aol.com for info. Also, we have Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. No one likes replacing fork seals, so ask your local shop, motorcycle shop about Shock Socks. Or you can go to burnmotorsport.com and check it out. You can also find them on Instagram and Facebook. MX Girl Designs specializes in vintage and motocross and modern motocross graphics. She can do pretty much anything you can think of, any design you come up with. She can she can make your bike look fresh, lit, best dressed, whatever you want to say. Contact Charlene at char at mxgirl.com and follow her on Instagram and let her know the Moto X Pod Show sent you. The Moto X Pod Show is also brought to you by Mad Jack Synthetics. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. They are riders, racers, and just all-around fans of dirt bikes. Dane Evans is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. You know Amsoil supports Moto and is the leader in oil technology. So contact Mad Jack Synthetics at 805-531-9551 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And our newest sponsor, Fly Racing. Yeah, you heard that shit right. We picked (laughs) up Fly Racing just recently, and you guys know all about Fly. What is Fly? Fly Racing was established in 1998 and has made a name for themselves, providing great products at great prices with lines of gear like the new Evolution DST, Light hydrogen, kinetic shield, and kinetic noise. They make mountain bike parts. They have the all-new design, redesigned F2 carbon helmet with MIPS. Riders like Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Dakota Alex, Benny Bloss, John Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Josh Grant, and many others all trust Fly Racing. So we want to thank those guys for coming on board, and um, you guys are going to see some cool benefits of that here in the near future. What do you think about that, TJ? Uh, I love it. It's funny because um, Fly Racing actually was like my very first sponsor way back in the day when their gear was not as cool as it is now. <laughs> right, right. But I still supported the crap out of it. Love that stuff. They had these giant plastic Fly logos on the side of yeah, them that weighed yeah, like yeah, 37 yeah. Right. pounds. Right, I remember. <laughs> I still have. I saw a yellow set the other day, and the Fly part was like gold. I nice, was like, all mildewy looking or stuff. Uh, it was epic. <laughs> Well, yeah, they came on board. We got that officially announced at um, Millville. Yeah. JT let me know that it was a done deal. So here um, in the next 
coming weeks we'll we'll tell you what's really going on how you guys are going to benefit from that but we're definitely excited about it and yeah they're a sponsor of us but we are going to pretty much turn everything they are giving t- from to us and every support they give to give it back to the listeners yep yep i mean y'all are the reason why we do the show and we're going to just try to basically entice you we're going to be like like the like the dirty old man that hands out candy. We're going to just entice y'all to, to get come you in the van. Just listen to the show. Get in the moto van with us. <laughs> yeah, I think the way it's going to work, I don't have all the details ironed out yet, but we're going to, once a month, have a full set of gear to give away or a helmet. And we're also going to get three helmets a year to have custom painted by Kirk Hunter at Extreme Colors, like the one we just gave to Cade. Um, they're going to give us three additional helmets to have custom painted to you know do contests again with, like we did with the last one. So, uh, we haven't been in studio since Millville or Washougal. Um, we're a little bit limited on time as usual, but, um, what do you think? Um, all I gotta say is this last weekend, I watched the last five minutes of the second 450 moto three times. And one (laughs) of the times I watched it with my wife and my wife is, is really stepped up this year and really got into moto because her son's in the racing and taking, she's learned her stuff. And even she was just awestruck at the speed and the aggression that Tomac has. It's just, it's, and everybody's talked about it. I don't want to be the same old guy beating the same old horse, but it was next level. I don't even know what to say. Yeah, it's almost otherworldly, like just what he can do and has shown he can do when he keeps it up, like at will almost. It's pretty crazy. I mean, insane yeah because like i there was a point at about 13 minutes to go that i was like all right kenny's got this kenny's gonna yeah. win this moto and overall well, we were watching it and i kept i kept saying there's eli's gonna get him eli's gonna and everybody was like no no there's no way yeah, I, was, like, I was wishful thinking i was like no he's got, <laughs> he can't no way can he maintain that but he damn sure did and i know a lot of people are freaking out about it like whatever but i can't wait for moto donations god i hope everybody's healthy and everybody's oh, no there no doubt it it should be like a race for the ages. Yeah, and unfortunately, I've got to work. So, kind of breaking okay. news for you. I know you and I have talked about it. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be able to get out of work. I don't know that we're going to get credentials. I'm working <laughs> on it. Um, I have an in, possibly. Yeah. If if Ustream does not approve it, I think I have an in. Well, instead of TJ from the show being there, maybe uh, JT can help you out and be there. That's not my end. I don't know that he can do anything necessarily, <laughs> but I have an in. No, no, no. Not, not JT. I'm talking about. Our buddy JT oh. is going to be there. So oh, if, you need, oh, if you're going to wind you. up there and you totally need to. Totally misunderstood what you meant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he can be, he'd be happy to help out. He's going to be there. He's already got room tickets and our rooms booked and yeah, everything. Yeah, Hal does too. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think, I feel like I'm going to be able to go. Um, this is going to sound really stupid, but, and this is not moto related, but the same weekend. Okay, so my buddy Monty, who plays for Madonna and stuff, yeah. he just announced a few weeks ago that he's going on a summer fall winter tour with one of my favorite singers of all time he's going to open for sebastian bach who was the singer oh, wow. i love sebastian bach the day they're playing dallas is the same day as mx of nations so basically what we're all <laughs> saying here is unfortunately guys we are going to be talking about mx the nations the same way y'all are going to be talking about it as we watch it on tv probably. no I, if i get the chance to go to the race i'm going to the race <laughs> Yeah. I already have my tickets to see Sebastian Bach exactly. in Dallas, but they may get sold if I can go to. But I, I couldn't believe it. I looked at the dates. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Yeah, I like I said, guys. We uh, we are we are <laughs> pre-apologizing for that. No, I think I, I think I'm going to be there. I hope. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. what did you but think? Anyway, uh, same thing, man. I mean, a lot. You know, Eli. The, it's already been talked about a lot. It's 
what can you say? The guy's insane. I mean, I, other things that I noticed were, of course, Austin Forkner, three was that three weeks in a row with just Mitch terrible has got to luck. be a suicide watch or murder watch. Like they've got Mitch locked away away from the riders, so he probably doesn't murder somebody. Right. I don't know what's going on, man. I mean, I mean how do you Savachi have that much bad luck? Savachi just cannot. Like it's like he's a he's like allergic to winning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to say, man. I mean, we're not in their heads, but just being on the outside watching, you just like it can't be real. It's almost like. This is a story somebody wrote where this right. is, you know, it's being predetermined. Like, hey, you know, it's like professional wrestling. You're going to crash over and over and over. And, you know, I don't know. I don't get it. It's so crazy to me because it seems like just back it down a notch. Yeah, maybe the maybe the people who write the script for Moto right now, PC team is the bad guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like the four horsemen. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know, you know, but I mean, AP... What a great year he's having. Right. Congratulations, AP, by the way. He just had his uh, son today, I believe, or maybe yesterday. So that's cool. We saw that on it's Instagram. A good thing it didn't happen while he was at a race. Right, right. Yeah. But, yeah, the races have been amazing. I mean, it's they've all been talked about so much. Um, what I'm going to say is I, got, I made my first trip to Millville. And you get to ride. That was freaking awesome. That place is beautiful. Now I, I want to give some, I want to give a shout out. I wrote it down in my notes. So um, Whiskey Throttle Radio, yeah, it's a new podcast. Um, I was invited on just recently, and I did the show. And I'm looking for my notes here because I don't remember what the date was. I wrote it down, but anyway. So, what a mess uh, you have over there. I think yeah, you're I got to a be bit organized. of a mess here. But I was on Whiskey Throttle Radio. I met Kurt, who's running that show at Muddy Creek. And right. he asked me to come on and talk about Millville. So if you guys haven't checked out Whiskey Throttle underscore radio on Instagram, check him out. He's a cool dude. They're doing a, He's a new startup show he's trying to do, you know, and we want to support everybody. They support us. You know, that's pretty cool. But anyway, yeah, so Millville, what I'm going to say is, first of all, it's the best run track I've ever been to. Right. Um, everything was – everybody was polite. Everything was very professional. Everything worked like clockwork. Uh, and this may be the case at all national tracks when you do yeah. amateur day, but even the kids that like were going around picking up trash, like every 15 minutes, boom, they're there picking up trash at the pit, you know, at most of the amateur nationals that we've been to, it's kind of been that way. You okay. have to be that do that way. Yeah. Um, like Gatorback was that way. I mean, obviously Daytona, um, Freestone keeps up. I mean, they, you got to do, you have to keep up like that or it would just turn into a complete, you know, it just, crap yeah, show. Yeah, I can see that. Like I, that was really the first one I had been to, though, like that. So I was highly impressed. I got to meet uh, John Martin, the, you know, the owner of the track. Anyway, the place is just amazing. Um, the creek that you see on the on the videos when they do it on it was yeah freezing cold, but it was awesome after a moto. Oh, did you go hang out in the creek when it? Was- oh yeah, Shan Garcia with Shock Socks parks the right there in front of that spot. Oh, Every, I didn't know that. That's a spot like for 15 years. Wow. Um. He's let in early because he's got uh-huh. he's he's in with the Martins, and he parks right there. We parked a little pretty close to him, but went over and hung out at his pits. Got in the water, um, freezing cold, very cold. Like I've been in some cold water. <laughs> it took literally took my breath away. Where I was like, <gasps> even after you were hot, yeah, I couldn't oh, wow. catch my breath at first. It was crazy, but I'm sure other people would be like, oh, it's not cold at all, but it was cold to me. The place is just beautiful. Um, so we race. We practice Thursday. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. It was a little wet. Um, didn't get to run the hills on Thursday or the, for the race Friday. Went around the hills, but because of the because of the weather, I just don't. They don't run the hills on the oh, Friday amateur day. I got you. Uh, it was so freaking muddy. If you guys haven't seen the 
the GoPro on my Facebook. It, it was just like riding through water. I was terrible. I think I, I went 5-2 on the day. The second moto was a little better. Got a second overall. But all in all, I just had a blast. It was such an amazing experience. Got to, you know, visit with uh, Mathis and a bunch of the riders and Weege and got Grant Langston's number. He's going to be coming on the show soon, I think. Um, pretty pretty amazing weekend. Can we get him on the show, like, after, like, like, like posted drinks? I could text him and say, hey, so we, we, can want you you get be, good and drunk? we want you to be lit when you come on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I could ask him. <laughs> I don't see why not. I don't think he'll care. That'd be great. <laughs> but, yeah, just uh, the only thing that sucked about the week was if you have Verizon and you're at Millville, you have literally zero no signal. Like, the, it doesn't even register on your phone that you have a phone, basically. I, I, I um, JT and Doc were there. This is where Doc broke his arm this yeah. last time. Yeah. And um, – my buddy JT had to actually go out and get a um, AT and T phone like just a, to get a burner something. phone, as they call it. Well, he it, it was his, yeah. Well, for him, it was his is a business line. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. going to use it as a business okay. line. Um, he 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 travels with Doc and helps yeah. him out. Grips and graphics, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, it sucked not having like you could ride up the hill like a quarter mile away, and there would be a congregation of people <laughs> where you could get literally one little bar. Of 3G, not to 4G. make phone calls, and you could you could make a call sorta, of, but you could just kind of stand there, and your text would start popping up slowly. That's from the ridiculous. Week, and then you would send a text, and you just kind of sit there and wait. And well, that's like going sending, on sending, at sending. that's going on at Loretta's right now. Yeah, so that kind of sucked. But um, other than that, I have it was just a great week. I, I yeah. would love to be able to do it every year. Um, yeah, getting to ride and hang out with my buddies like Chad Mayo and Adam Montoya, all the Black Sox Mafia guys from Dallas Fort Worth right. area. Yeah, they make a trip out of it every year. They right? do it pretty much every year, and I and I have to give Chad and his wife Jennifer much love because without them, I would have never been able to make it. Chad pretty much paid for everything because he was going anyway. Yeah, paid for thousands of dollars worth of probably fuel and food and cooked for us. Jennifer cooked for us, and uh, she's like the moto mom when she's there. She takes care of us. Yeah, and I got to give them credit because it was just. But it was a fantastic week of hanging out with your buddies and racing and riding and just bullshitting. And yeah, it was great. Cool, cool. Yeah, I loved it. So, um, what we got on time here? So, we got about 10 minutes. Um, anything in particular you want to talk about? Uh, Loretta's right now. Did yeah, you, yeah. You haven't got the chance to watch much have, of it, but not. I've been glued to it. I've been out in the shop building bikes all day and uh, playing it on the big screen. And some of the kids, like the B class is so fast. Brown is just, it. it's unreal watching something how nasty the track is. I mean, some of the corners, these 65s go through the corner and just disappear in the rut and then come out. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. Um, it, it's a bittersweet watching it on TV, you know, but we've all been watching it. Some local guys, the last, I didn't get to see the end of it, but I'm pretty sure Parker Mashburn won by like 25 seconds, one of nice. his classes. Yeah. Um, a lot of the local kids, we have a lot from Texas. Every year I go through the list and I see how, how many riders from Texas there's a big group this year, and the, and they're doing good. Um, one of one of my son's buddies who trains out at Tapped House and everything or underground or whatever is um, got a got a moto win today. Um, uh, on the 125, I can't remember. My Seth blanking on the name, but that's okay. Just totally blank. But anyways, yeah. congratulations to him and to all the guys that that are pulling off moto wins. It's a it's a great way to start. There's some kids that. Well, like like your buddy Ryder D, Ryder yeah. D had seventh place. I mean, 
it's going to be hard to come back from a seventh place and get an overall. Yeah, I think he said he he cried, fell in the first lap and, and got up in about 30th and came back to seventh, but that was as close as he and, could get. And his classes are so competitive, yeah. you know. Yeah. So And, and another kid that we know, um, Luke Finnis, however, or Phineas, or however you say his last name, they all say it different ways on the uh, online, um, was in neutral. Yeah, you mentioned start, that. Yeah, yeah. And they came all the way back and almost won. So um, that's cool. Great job for him. Yeah, he, uh, him and, uh, and that's a kid that battles with Doc. Yeah, most yeah, they, of the time. Yeah, they're usually yeah. you know you know bar to bar pretty regularly. But um, there's been some really good racing, and uh, oh my gosh, some of the best racing all day long was Gruy and uh, Barry Karsten. Okay, they were and they were talking about it on the on live deal. They were literally side by side almost the whole race. Both both motos they were out there. It was, and it was some great racing. So, and y'all know I'm big Boar Barry fan. Yeah, so right, right. It was awesome. It was awesome watching him race and and all that kind of stuff. So, hell yeah, um, yeah. Before we go to our into our little break here, let's also mention again the our Patreon account, Patreon.com. There's a uh, video about the drop about for those guys yeah uh we've been mentioning for weeks now we're about to send some prize packages out i'm still waiting on something that should be here in the next few days and we'll start sending those things out but i had mentioned all the stuff that we were given that signed stuff from pro riders we did a drawing a little while ago we videoed it put all the names of our patreon supporters in one hat all the prizes another drew a name drew a prize I'm going to try to post that video on the Patreon account later. So, yeah, somebody we, – we had winners of the Blake Baggett helmet. We had winners of the Eli Tomac gloves. I didn't win any of it. I'm kind of upset. Win anything. Um, Adam Sin, Cirillo goggles, numerous other things. So, we're going to post that stuff up. And so, if you go to Patreon.com and want to help support our show, you know, you get like we always say, give us five bucks a month uh, or whatever you want. It helps us out. It helps us make these trips. And, and you get some pretty cool opportunities. Uh, we did the helmet giveaway while I was at – Muddy Creek, um, Keeley Baggett videoed, Blake Baggett drew the name of the hat, and our buddy Kate O'Grady, he uh, he won the helmet. He, he just sent me a message today that he got it today, um, and he's a patron supporter. So he had three names. He had his name yep. in the hat three times. That gave him, you know, numerous more. I don't know what the and we, percentage and, of chances are. but And like I said earlier, guys, everything that we get into the show, we put back into the show. And how yeah. do we put it back into the show? We do it by getting stuff for y'all to listen to and give it and giveaways. Um, obviously dark side's just filthy rich and doesn't need any money. Uh, so he okay. just, just does this to give it away. Just, I mean, right. he, he, he is such a patron saint. Isn't that what it would, it would be? Yeah. Sounds, sounds legit to me, but I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know about this rich thing. I'm misunderstanding. Cause yeah, so, no, but seriously, I, guys, my bank account. Yeah. We, we work hard to, um, to try to grow the show and we couldn't yeah. do it without y'all support. And we want to give what we get back to y'all. So man, anybody wants to help out with Patreon, it goes a long way. And I promise you there's a high chance you'll get more out of it than what you, what, what you put in. So, yeah, and I didn't tell you this, but like I just went ahead over the weekend and posted the next week's, this Thursday's the podium yeah. with Gringo. I went ahead and gave it to the Patreon guys over the weekend. So I like they, that. So they got they got it a little early. And I'll, and I'll try to do stuff like that every so often. But, um, yeah, it's it's just a cool thing. It helps us out. Uh, hell, just the, the prize packs that we're getting, you know, aren't cheap. The stuff that, Some of the stuff that we're getting to send out. And then there's a ton of shipping costs. And, you know, that's something that we're going to do. We're not going to do it all the time, but everything that you guys we're do. We're going to do every, yeah. as much as we can, honestly. Yeah, I'm I mean, okay with it. So. You guys contributing helps us out, and we appreciate that. So thank you to our patron supporters. 
Um, yeah, so I guess that's about it. Let's take a quick little break, and we'll be back with our first Cooper guest Webb. tonight, Cooper Webb. Our first guest of the night is brought to you by Shock Socks, the original and, no- and number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. No one likes replacing fork seals, so ask your local dealership or go to burnmotorsports.com and follow them on Instagram. So our first guest of the night is factory Yamaha number two, Cooper Webb. Cooper, what is up? Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going good, man. We're uh, sitting here out in Texas. It's not too hot today. Watching a little bit of Loretta's qualify- or Loretta's day one races. You know, just doing the motocross life. Nice. What? Yeah, I miss all Loretta's. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. It's That's always kind of, fun. Since, since we're starting off with that, yeah. I had some questions about, like, growing up as one of the top amateur kids and, and the Loretta's throughout the years. Just kind of your thoughts on the on the whole thing. Yeah, I always really enjoyed the Reddits. I um, yeah, I was fortunate enough to to do really well there and uh, win four championships in total. And uh, yeah, it was always a fun one for me. It was always a lot of expectation and hype. You know, when you were younger, it always seemed, um, which it is is still a really big race. But especially yeah. when you were younger, it seemed, you know, that that was that was it, and that <laughs> right. that was always, you know, a lot of pressure and stuff. So I always, you know was able to enjoy it a lot and uh it was always cool to travel there with my family and you know being there in tennessee is not too too far from north carolina so it was always nice to go there and race and you know whether you have you know the great year that that you're hoping for or the bad year that you know nothing can seem to go right it was always a race that i really enjoyed and hell yeah uh, just always a really good atmosphere i felt and you know i think uh for amateur racing it is one of the cooler events, you know, with, with being a three moto format and, you know, having sight laps and, right. and longer motos and stuff like that. So I think it kind of, you know, it obviously shows who, who the, the real, you know, good riders are and gives a chance, I think for, uh, the sponsors and, you know, not, not the, that the people don't pay attention, but you know, Loretta's everybody goes to it in, yep. in the industry. So, so growing up, as far as like being an amateur kid, it doesn't seem like your family like said, "Well, you've got to make it to pay bills or whatever." Y'all had the surf shop. You had different <laughs> dad had different things. Um, how was it? Like, how was the pressure? Was the pressure we got to go there and win, or was it, "Hey, let's just go"? I mean, and, and obviously you want to win for yourself, but I just meant from the family side. Uh, from the family side, yeah. I mean, it was always there. I mean. Um... You know, my dad did have the surf shop, but he sacrificed a lot, you know, for me to go racing, just like parents all do. And, um, you know, for me, I I was able to get some really good sponsors, you know, pretty early when I was about uh, 10 or 11 with with a few of the really good companies, and that really helped. So I think once you kind of get some of that major support, um, you know, my dad definitely drove me to, to try to win, and I always had, I felt like, the potential to win and really do good there. So it was it was always a unique situation because, you know, once I got to be about 9 or 10, you know, every every year I went, I, I felt like I I could do well. And mm-hmm. that was always uh, always nice. And um, But, you know, it always it does add pressure. But, you know, I felt like for me, I, I don't mind. Uh, even back then, I didn't really mind the, per- the pressure because, 
for some reason, you know, that's that's part of racing to me, and I really enjoy it. So, well, yeah, it, there was never, you know, it was never like a, hey, you got to win or, or we're screwed or anything like that. Right. But it was always always the goal and what we wanted to achieve for sure. Well, and you're clearly, we've seen enough from interviews and, and TV that you're a very competitive guy. Um, and I, I would think that being that competitive, yeah, the pressure would probably add to that. Like you, you want to, you're competing for yourself. You're competing, you know, just mm-hmm. for, I mean, for your family, for your team. And, and it probably you, you thrive off that a little bit, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it started pretty young too. So that was cool. And yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I think everybody looks at pressure different, but yeah, for me, that's part of competition and uh, that's what makes it so exciting stuff. But no, it was always, you know, I think the racing was always super serious, but away from the racing, it was always cool. You know, as a, I was a Red Bull Jams guy, and they always did some really cool stuff for their amateurs and a lot of fun, you know, nights, whether it was the karaoke night or the talent show. And just some real cool stuff like that, that, that you know, was away from racing really fun. And, yeah. you know, always meeting up with my friends and stuff was stuff that I'll, I'll always remember, that's for sure. And riding golf carts around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've heard some stories about that kind of stuff. Course. Yeah, I wrecked a few of those. <laughs> That's just being a kid, yeah, though, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it, it was always uh, – I still enjoy going. You know, I wish – I haven't been, actually, since 2015, and uh, I really enjoyed, you know, going and checking out the up-and-coming talent and, you know, kind of makes you reflect and pretty cool to go check out. Yeah, we've had some of the top kids on, like Ryder D and um, – uh, Carson Mumford, Hunter Yoder, you know, and, and those kids right now, at least there's a lot of pressure on those three in particular, but they're still having a lot of fun. They're still kids with you at yeah. your level. Do you still have fun knowing, Hey, I'm going to go ride today, even though it's training for Saturday. And then when you show up Saturday at the race, are you, are you stoked? You like, man, I can't wait to get there and, and roll out on the track. Yeah. I mean, obviously you have the weekends that, are, are hard to motivate yourself for, for sure. But that is one thing in my career and, you know, the way I choose to kind of train and do my program that I feel like, uh, you know, the fun with, with training and riding, you know, isn't as important. But when I'm away from the track, I really, you know, try to have fun and do other things outside of race things mm-hmm. to kind of get my mind off of it. You know, training's training. And, you know, obviously it's cool if you can make it as fun as you can, but it's, it's it is serious and it's you know at this point it is our job so right it is nice to be with a i've always been with a really good group of guys training with with griff swanapol and stuff like that and uh but yeah i mean i think um it is crazy you know the the amateur ranks now from when i raced it just how competitive it is now and you know how many teams are involved and about these kids you know with the factory rides now to 85 and 65 so it is pretty crazy and um you know i was glad the way i was raised and stuff and i actually you know i went to school all the way till junior year yeah junior year was able to play a lot of sports and grew up surfing playing all stick and ball sports so i think that definitely helped me for now you know i think now uh you know it's my second year in the 450 class and i still enjoy racing and i and i truly believe you know that if i would have been 
way more serious at a younger, younger age about racing, then, you know, I might not have that same enjoyment level that, that I do now. Yeah, I could see where there would be some burnout if, you know, if you're homeschooled and that's all you did. But, yeah, I, th- I think your parents made the right choice by, you know, keeping you in, like, a public school and, and doing those other sports and, and going out and surfing. I mean, damn, what what a release that is. I haven't surfed since I was a kid, which was a long time ago. But, man, that's that's something yeah. that I wish we had here in Texas. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's something that it was, you know, my dad owned a surf shop and was a professional surfer back in the day. Yeah. So you know i i grew up near the beach and stuff so it was just kind of what we always did and yeah i miss it too i don't i live uh in north carolina now but but on the west side near charlotte and closest thing we have to it's wake surfing which uh <laughs> i try much as i can do but yeah it's definitely not the same right what um not I probably should know this i mean your your history and background is pretty you know out there but how did you get into moto and not into being like professional surfer or something like along those lines? Yeah, I, I'm really not too sure. Actually, it's pretty, <laughs> um, pretty funny. You know, I, we talked. We, my dad has told me before. You know, he thought for sure I would be a, a surfer, or even a skateboarder. But uh, yeah, I mean, long story short, he used to race back in the day. Um, you know, at probably like what he's told me an intermediate level back in like the 70s and 80s and then um got, got good at surfing so he kind of that and then when he had me and stuff uh, he had the surf shop and the only kind of uh, exercise he was really doing was uh surfing and every time he went out in the water he just said which wasn't bad but but people would would always ask him you know oh, hey man can i get a deal on a surfboard or, right it was always business related you know he was always kind of getting swarmed by by customers and stuff so he bought a dirt bike just to you know get some more exercise and you know get back to something that he always enjoyed doing because even when he quit riding and stuff he would always go to you know daytona and atlanta supercrosses and stuff like that so he followed the sport and uh yeah got a dirt bike and then took me on it one day and you know i thought it was the coolest thing ever (laughs) and uh but even he even said, you know, when I first started up until, you know, maybe nine or ten when I started really doing well on the amateur scene, you know, I, I actually spent probably more time surfing and skating and BMXing than I did actually riding. So that's what, what he was always really surprised about because, you know, we grew up on the beach and right. we grew up with two two skate parks in our town. So uh, it's pretty funny, you know, how it all works out. Yeah, I mean, I think it, obviously you made the right choice because uh, you're a badass on a motorcycle. So, <laughs> are you are you yeah, a, are you a badass on a on a surfboard or a skateboard too? No, not 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 anymore. <laughs> uh, I was always a little better at surfing, but but did a, did contests in North Carolina, but like I said, never really took it any further than that. Um, I did one one cool thing is I was able to to win surfer cross a few years back it was actually the only time i ever did it that's cool that was a pretty cool achievement and was was fun that was one of the events when when i was amateur that i always wanted to to do and felt like i would do good in so yeah that was fun sounds like yeah that'd be a pretty rad thing to come out too man i I wish again living in texas we don't get to see any of that stuff but yeah um so hey man you know you you fractured your tib fib at minneapolis i believe it was 
Um, yeah. what, what is your mentality like when that happens? You know, I mean, is it, is there like a state of depression that hits or do you go, okay, I just, I, I got to get back, you know, I, I got to fight through, I'm competitive and you know, there's no time to sit here and cry. Let's get back to a hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's always tough with injuries. I mean, it's initially, I think you always, no matter who you are, kind of have those negative, you know, kind of thoughts or whatever you want to call them enter your head and, and try to bring you down. And, um, for me, you know, at the time I had had, um, an injury just before that with my shoulder and stuff. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and and just in general, the past two years I've, I've had, you know, some injuries. So when it kind of happened, it was, you know, at first it, it was a little bit of a heartbreak, you know, for sure. And, Especially, I kind of knew right away something wasn't right with my leg. You know, I knew with how it felt that it was definitely broken. But, um, so, you know, I think the first initial maybe hour or so, you definitely have those those demons and those negative thoughts. But as soon as, you know, I calmed down a little bit, I think uh, as racers and and just the the, the way I am, you know, you, you try to look at the positives and you try to look ahead and, you know, get get answers to when you can get back and, you know, finding the best doctors and, and at the time, you know, if I needed surgery or not. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's always a tough, tough thing to, to swallow, sure. especially, you know, with, with the situation and everything like that. But, you know, I think like the old saying goes, everything could, it's, could always be worse. It's so, surprising uh, how sometimes a broken bone can be harder coming back than blowing your knee out or something like that. Yeah, we're all yeah. mentally ready for a knee, but sometimes those bones take a while to heal. Yeah, exactly, and it's it's you never know, you know. There's there's so much going on in the body that, you know, like I said, it, it's you have an injury nowadays. I feel like it's more okay. Well, how you know, like I said, is it bone? Is it ligament? Is it you know muscle? What exactly is it? And um, you know, so so at least with I've had all this above unfortunately but that is you know at least with a bone you kind of know your your guideline and yeah and what it's going to be and so but well the crazy part about it was um you know initially i got my first x-ray on it and it just showed a you know fraction in my tib and then i flew back to charlotte and got another x-ray on monday and it showed a fraction in my tib or yeah, Tib and Sib. Right. And then, um, so I, I had to get surgery at that point. And then I actually found a really good doctor in California. We got, got in right away. And actually during surgery, they found another fracture, you know, that we weren't, they didn't catch before. So, you know, that was kind of a, a shocker because it was like, you know, I went into surgery and he's telling me, yeah, it's going to be, you know, whatever it was, a, a pin and, three screws and it ended up being almost triple that or double that. So oh, hell yeah. that was kind of, you know, crazy waking up from surgery and <laughs> kind of getting that news, you know? And, yeah. But, you know, like I said, at least it was found and, and taken care of right then and there. Well, and you've been back, you've been back for four rounds now, I believe. Um, you know, you're yeah. averaging seventh. You got a, a couple seventh, a sixth, an eighth. You know, how do you feel about that? Is that about what you expected? Do you expect yourself to be doing a little better by now? Or are you, you know, you just kind of rebuilding and getting ready for Supercross? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's so hard with expectation. You you always expect the most out of yourself, and you always shoot for the for this moon. But mm-hmm. I think in all real, reality, you know, when I came back was was really early um, compared to what usually that injury takes. I mean, I was I was on I had to have two surgeries, and I was on the motorcycle in six weeks, which uh, you know, I, I even thought was crazy. And, um, so I think for me it was, it's, I mean, I walked for, for not even a week and then I was trying to ride. So for me, I think I, you know, definitely expedited the the recovery time. I mean, originally I was thinking I might only be back for maybe the last three. Oh, okay. And I think, I think the mindset behind it and why I did it this way was to, to just be out there, you know, I think yep. I ended up missing, you know, four, four of the last super crosses and I knew I was going to miss at least six outdoor races. And, um, you know, it was, it was kind of a tricky thing because my contract, you know, is up and stuff. So it was like, Hey, you know, what kind of game plan do we go with? Do we go where you need to be a hundred percent and, you know, out there kicking butt so you can, you know, get a good ride or whatnot. And, uh, you know, the more I talked with Yamaha and we kind of got a game plan together and I felt pretty confident and, and things for next year and stuff like that. So I kind of just said, you know what, I just want to be out there. You know, I, even if I'm at 50 or 60%, I think being out there and riding and getting the motos in and learning the, the speeds and getting those, that racing knowledge is, is going to be more beneficial than riding at a practice track for another four weeks to get closer to 100%. So that was kind of the game plan. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I think that's smart because everybody, every rider says, you know, like the more you sit out, you're, you're losing more every week by sitting yeah, out exactly. than you would be. If you went out there, at least, even if you're not a hundred percent, you're gaining something. Yeah. Look at Bogle. He's, yeah. he's out there learning how to run that pace yeah, huh? <laughs> under fire. Yeah. So, and no, exactly. And everybody looks at it different, but I, I still am confident the way I did it. You know, maybe looking back, I'm, May not have come back at the gnarliest one being Southwick, but <laughs> yeah, right. know, like I said, I'm happy. I think my goal, you know, going in was just to to do two motos. I didn't know where I was going to be, where I was going to be at. So, right. you know, I think being that weekend, I was, I think I went eight, nine and was, you know, eighth overall. I was, yep. I was stoked. The next weekend I was a little better. I went seven, seven, you know, for seventh. And you know, on top of that, we learned a lot with the bike and setting it up and how the tracks get and, you know, it, it is, like you said, the the competition when you're on the cows are just moving forward where you're sitting sitting there not yeah. not able to progress, you know, the same way. So, yeah, I, I'm happy. I think uh, this weekend, even though on, on paper it didn't show, it was by far the best I felt. And I felt uh, like I had some confidence again. And, you know, I, I had some starts that held me back. But it was nice to... Uh, to be in the mix, and I think the lap times were, were a lot closer this weekend. You know, I was able to qualify fourth, which, you know, was the first time I've been in the top five, and um, in the motos, you know, my times were, were solid. So right. I think with with a two-week break and um, going into three three rounds that I really like, I, I am expecting, you know, to be, I think now I'm finally getting to that 100%. And, you know, the, the biggest thing for me, too, is, you know, my, my leg is, is finally, I feel like working properly again. You know, I know it's crazy to say, but the muscles back, I feel like completely. And 
it doesn't hurt now when I'm riding or, or walking or anything. So I think that was, you know, when you're trying to race and, and it's hurting, I think that's in the back of your mind, even yeah, though the doctors sure. and everybody's telling you, hey, this thing's fine and it's going to hold up. But when it's hurting, you know, it's it's hard to just kind of go that extra speed or that, you know, hold it on a little longer in that rut. So Yeah, that um, makes sense. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's all good. And, going going to plan well you mentioned something a little while ago you know you mentioned your contract being up and that you need to come back and look we know that this business that the business side of this sport can be brutal you're they always say in sports you're only as good as your last game or you're only as good as your last yeah. race and you can be forgotten about and when your contract's up if you're not out there well if you are out there let's say theoretically a team like i don't know factory ktm was interested in you they need to see you out there riding to see what you got mm-hmm so yeah. yeah, I mean, I think you made a smart move um, because yeah, they need to see you out there so that they they know what you have. If you missed out and you don't race the next few races, and then you just say, oh, you know, I'm gonna run. I don't know. Maybe you decide to run a, some races in Europe or something. That may they may have already picked somebody else. You know, they, they they're gonna have their sights yeah. on somebody that's still out there because there's a few other guys whose contracts are up too. So yeah, yeah. exactly. No, and like you said, it's it is a tough business, and like it, you only as good as your your last race. So right, it is um, a tricky thing, and and that's you know that is business, and that's everything. And you know, there was a lot of thoughts about it. You know, that is for me, it's uh, it's going to be my third year, and you know, I'm only 22 years old. So to me, like I said, I think I still made the the best decision um, for my career and everything like that, and. You know, I think uh, next year's going to be a great year. Well, you had said some of your, you know, favorite tracks coming up of the of the last three rounds. Which ones are you looking forward to the most? Um, man, that's, I really like Ironman. Yeah. I really like Unadilla. Um, I, I Bud's Creek's kind of a home race for me, so that one's um, always a special one to go to. But right, Unadilla, I've I've always done well. Last year, I was on the podium, and then uh, the year before, I went. One one, you know, I've always had some good results there, and ever since Ironman has been been a race, I've I've done really well there. Been on the podium a bunch and won races and stuff, and so those are two of the tracks. They're they're really ruddy and get to me. They're pretty technical and really rough. So, so so you know, you're they're, saying they're, like like you'd be a good pick for fantasy in Unadilla, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We always ask that stuff, and most, breakthrough. and m- m- most of the riders don't care about any of the no. fantasy stuff. But I, well, I have fun with it. Yeah, no, exactly. It's and and Darkside here is by far one of the worst, worst fantasy players in the absolute history of ever. Yeah. Like, you don't want me to pick you in fantasy, dude. Because <laughs> everybody I pick doesn't finish. Yeah, yeah. He's not allowed to pick riders that yeah. that that I we like. Ray this week and Forkner and yeah. Uh-huh. yeah see, I, and the week before I picked somebody that crashed and like I think I'm just done playing. <laughs> Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, I've never actually played, but I, I always, a couple of the mechanics on our team and stuff play, and we always get into uh, you know discussions yeah. before the race who who's who's going which way and right. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Actually, it's fun. I mean, it it makes you it, for, at least for me, it's made me look at riders that you you know that are privateers that you wouldn't think about. Yeah, they pay out more points, so you're like, oh, Not where's exactly. this guy? And and then you kind of start watching them every week just because oh you know that good diet yeah it's, it's cool fans yeah stuff, for sure and that's what i i do the same thing with football yeah I yeah fancy football and exactly it's, 
it's made me watch games that I would never watch because, <laughs> you know, I couldn't care for either team. But now that I got a player on there, it, right. it kind of is cool, you know. Niners same, Nation. Same Niners Nation. Stuff. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, he lives here in Texas, like, what, two hours, hour and a half from Cowboys Stadium, and all we ever hear about is the Niners stuff. And, and I don't care anything but I don't care anything about I'm football, from California, so it doesn't matter. So. Yeah, no, I, I just hear about it when I, I spend half my year in California, and right. there's a bunch, bunch there. Yeah, yeah. So where are you training at right now? Uh, so I split my year. Basically in the winter, I, I go to California and stay um, basically right where everybody stays in the Marietta area. Right. And then um, basically I also have a house just outside of Charlotte on Lake Norman in North Carolina. Yeah. And um, so October to say mid-February, I, I stay in California. Then once, basically every year once it hits Dallas, yeah. around five or six, I come to North Carolina and I train here until – you know, maybe right before the end of Supercross. Then I go out to California for about a month for motocross testing. I'll stay out there for, you know, usually until Glen Helen or, right. or sometimes Colorado and then come back to North Carolina. And, uh, yeah, I was pretty blessed. And that way I have a uh, track about 40 minutes from my house here in Cornelius. It's actually um, don't know if you guys went, but it's it's about five miles from where they had the MXGP at at the uh, NASCAR Stadium. Oh, okay. Speedway. Cool. Yeah, I didn't know if you yeah. were getting on that Florida train like everybody else. <laughs> no, not been in North Carolina for for two basically since I've moved to the four fifties. Um, yeah, it's plenty. It's plenty hot on, and humid there in the summertime. So. Oh yeah, yep. She's warm. That's for sure. Yeah. And. Yeah, it's cool. It's a good area. I think it's really growing. I mean, JGR is is based right here, and um, you know their track. They they they've actually been really cool, and we've worked out you know deals where we can ride each other's tracks. Cool. And um, that's cool. And then yeah, you got Club MX that's not too far away, and and south of the border that's not too far. And so those are two really good tracks. And um, yeah, the area is definitely definitely getting bigger for racing. And you know, there's actually. I mean, uh, when you when you sit down and look at you know the riders that are actually from North Carolina, and we we actually have some really good guys, so it's yeah. cool to to be able to be here. And there's there's a really good group of guys that that stay in this area, and we all try to ride together, so it makes it cool and uh, definitely makes it fun. You know, I I really like this area, and you know, it's cool to to be in the state where I I'm from and be able to continue my training and everything I need to from here. Absolutely. Hey, I got one last question for you. I know you need to get going and feel free to pass on this question. Um, but San Diego went the run in with Kenny. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk in the media about it being some personal stuff. What is your thoughts on that? Do you even want to comment on it? Do you have beef with Kenny <laughs> still or is it over or? No, I, I've never had uh, had anything with him. You know, I think um, he's he's a great rider, and you know, he's made um, a hell of a comeback. You know, I can't can't believe you know that he's out there racing. To be honest, it is it is pretty crazy, and yeah. um, you know, I think uh, it's just some some per- more personal stuff. You know, talking talking about me and stuff like that, yeah. and. Uh, you know, I'm just not, not really for that. And, you know, I think the thing in San Diego, I, 
I was actually, you know, he had a crash earlier on in that race in the first turn, and I think he might have had his bike tweaked or something, and uh, I, I fell, you know, the first lap and was coming around, and, you know, he kind of wasn't going maybe as fast as, you know, he thought he was and was kind of holding holding me up, so mm-hmm. made the pass, and I, I think he didn't didn't quite like it, and, <laughs> you know, especially for a guy like me to be passing him, and um and all that and you know they just maybe went to retaliate and it went bad and um you know i think unfortunately that night i i was riding good i won my heat race and i felt felt really good and um like i said i think obviously he got the shit into the stick and but uh yeah i mean it's racing and stuff happens absolutely well i appreciate you uh even answering the question you know i didn't know if you would or not but yeah, we hear things, and there's always drama. People are trying to create drama, so I was just curious. <laughs> well, Cooper, man. Yeah, it's all I, good. Yeah, I know you told me you had some other things to do tonight, so thank you very much for coming on yeah, here. I appreciate it was, that. It was an honor to, man, it was uh, awesome. yeah, to talk to you for the first time on the air. And, yeah. Uh, really cool meeting. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, man. So um, we don't make very many of the races, unfortunately. We're a small show, but um, I'm sure yeah. we will see you at the – dallas and houston supercrosses and oh yeah so be safe and two of my favorite well we'll be there for sure and hopefully a few others but man be safe have a uh, really great finish to your season and keep pushing on man yep i appreciate it guys y'all have a good one you have a great evening thanks man yeah cool huh Another great interview. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, he was. I mean, he was pretty straightforward about every question we asked him. I did want to ask him straight up about the KTM thing, but it may be too early. Even yeah, if, I, you know he can't say he anything. He can't say so it, I, was kinda, I wasn't even going there. Yeah, that's why I just kind of made the little, you <laughs> you brought it up, you made a note about it, and that's why I kind of made the little comment I did, just, yeah, to, just, to, just to see if he would fishing, say anything or anything. react, and he just kind of laughed a little bit and. Moved on. Yeah, he really can't. I'm sure he can't say anything. Even if he had a contract and was going, I don't think he could say anything. No, I don't think it works that way. I think you got to wait till a certain. There's a date when they and KTM's going to want to be the ones to do a press release and all that. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. So uh, I guess we'll take a little break and come back with our next guest. Sounds like a plan. Alrighty. All right. We're back, and our next guest is brought to you by Mad Jack Synthetics. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. You know Amsoil is a proud supporter of motocross, supercross, so contact Mad Jack Synthetics at 805-531-9551 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Our next guest of the night is privateer number 597, Mason Kerr. What's up, Mason? Oh, not a whole lot. Just got done doing some mowing on my track. How about you guys? Well, I wish that's what we had been doing. Did, did you say motoing or mowing? Mowing. Yeah. Oh, never no, mind. No, no, because I, 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 I have a track here, and that is like the worst. Like <laughs> right now, it's so hot in Texas, all the grass has died, and I could not be happier. <laughs> that's about 14 foot tall up here. Yeah, I, I actually, on our track, I went out and invested in like this five gallons of weed killer. And then it turned into like 80 gallons when you mixed it, and I just killed yeah. everything on the side of my track on the jumps. Yeah, I need to look into some of that. <laughs> <laughs> it is 100% worth it because it, I bought one of those pump-up backpack sprayers from Harbor Freight. Yeah. I sprayed the yeah. ever hell out of everything. It was awesome. Yeah, I hate mowing. I thought you said motoing, and I was stoked. But then you, when I found out it was mowing, I'm, yeah, I'm out. No, but you got to do one to one to do the other. So that is yeah. true. So, so where is your track and where are you located, man? 
Um, I'm out of uh, Altoona, Iowa. I'm about 10 minutes uh, east of Des Moines, the capital. Yeah, um, yeah. And I got a nice little track in my backyard. We got about 20 acres and uh, nice track back there since I was on 50. So yeah, really I, nice. I think we've been to Des Moines for doing arena cross, like the Nitro Arena Cross series. Yep, yep. Well, give us a little of your background, Mason. I got the chance to meet you at Millville when uh, I was able to tell you that you won the hundred dollars from PrivateerLife.mx. But let's get a little bit of your background real quick. Like, how'd you get started? Um, you know, what was your upbringing like with Moto? Um, well, my dad had a buddy that he worked with, and uh, his son was wanting to get into go karts, and he had a little JR50 Suzuki, and my dad decided to pick that up for me, like right around the farm. Um, and I just took off there. I broke the shop a few times, so we moved up to a, uh, uh, like senior 50 and then I just, I just, Hey man, you're uh, bra- You're breaking up real bad. Are you, do you have a better spot you can get to? Oh shoot. Yeah. Let me move real quick. Yeah. I got better there for a second, but it was in and out. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think we heard you say you broke a shock. Yeah. 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 Uh, blew out the shocks a few times on it. Jeez. I uh, we decided to buy something a little better. Uh, I just got you know, there. Made Reddas in 2011 in the B class. Um, I did all right there. It wasn't all that great. Um, then I kind of during my high school years I uh, quit riding and was wrestling quite a bit. That kind of got right into arena cross. Okay. Um, raced arena cross for three years. Um, I. I faced the pro-ams a little bit to get my outdoor license, too, so I got that. But uh, I really took a liking to the indoor stuff. Um, you know, traveled with Jared in 2017 and, and learned a lot from that. This last year, I, I started getting some results, and, you know, I was putting a little bit more work in. And I was getting better results and and then uh, got enough points to get my Supercross. So it sounds like we're going we're gonna to go after the East Coast Supercross next year. Nice, man. That's yeah. That's right. I was gonna ask if that was a goal. So yeah, heck yeah. A little more money involved in the uh, Supercross races too, I think. Yeah, yeah. There is a little bit more money up for grabs, but um, it's nice in arena cross. Uh, you know, you're kind of not really guaranteed to to make the main event, but it's a little bit easier to you know to expect yourself at the main events. And uh, it was nice to be able to have have. Uh, solid paychecks coming in so we'll see if we can't keep that coming in for arena cross and with supercross you've got you have to start off on the 250 right you can't ride the 450 until you qualify for like night show for the 250 right yep i believe that's correct um so yeah i'll be on hopefully i'll be on some cowies this winter i really felt good on that kawasaki last last year yeah Um, so yeah we'll see how that goes well, how how have nationals been going for you i i uh like i said i got to meet you up at millville but how, how's this season been? You know, I mean, um, just tell us a little bit how it's going, how you feel about it, how your preparation was. Um, honestly, it hasn't been going all that great. Uh, I've been been in the LCQ and pretty much all of them, and haven't been haven't been putting in the results there. So I haven't actually made any. Um, but it was my preparation wasn't where it needed to be. I came off of Arena Cross, and I had some. Uh, family trips planned right after the arena cross season ended. So I was kind of, you know, chilling out and, and enjoying myself right. uh, staying off the road. And, and then all of a sudden my main sponsor, uh, Michael Carey, who's been helping me out last year, 
uh, he was like, hey, man, you want to you wanna ride this KTM 450 in the outdoors? And I was like, well, sure, I guess so. <laughs> and so away to High Point, I picked the bike up on the Wednesday, rode it on a Thursday, and then went out and rode High Point. Um, and that was actually where I, I, I was looking the best, I think. Um, got a pretty good start in the LCQ there, and then just kind of faded. You know, I wasn't wasn't too prepared, too well prepared for uh, – riding the 450 in those conditions so yeah i can imagine so where do you think that you struggle as like a privateer or, or as somebody not prepared is it just fitness is it bike or you know i mean i don't i don't work a regular nine to five like everybody um I, I work for my dad so it's a little bit more lenient um but i still do work work during the week you know it's a regular job he's an electrician and i'm you know pulling wire for him or digging digging trenches or, you know, all, all kinds of stuff like that. And right. uh, I find time to ride my bicycle when I can, you know, um, and I find time to ride my dirt bike during the week, but you can only do it so much. You know, you come home from work and you're dead tired and shit, you lay down and wake up the next day and you got to go back out, you know? Right. So obviously, I mean, you, you're doing it for the love of the sport, which I think is fantastic. Um, like, what's your crew like? What's your family support like when you, you go to these races? I know you were kind of hanging – I think you were hanging around uh, with, with Stank Dog I saw you with. and But what's what's your normal crew like? Usually, you know, for Arena Cross, the normal crew is me, uh, Jared. Uh, Devin Harriman was with us. My buddy Brando Campbell, he was – he traveled around with me. He was another one of my big sponsors. Um, Jonah Locke out of California. That was the crew for Arena Cross. And then uh, – for outdoors, it's been me pretty much. I've been alone for most of the ones that I've went to. Um, my parents were actually able to come up to Millville where you saw me, so that was really cool. We had a camper there, and yeah, you uh, gave me some corn, I believe. Yeah, how'd you like that? That was a fantastic corn. That was some sweet corn. That's the most random. Yeah, wait, yeah. They, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> that is the most random thing I've ever heard somebody just. Hey, you gave me some corn. Well, well I, yeah, I, 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 go ahead, man. Um. But, yeah, the crew for Outdoors was me, Stank again, uh, our buddy Gary, Garrett Iapolo, uh, 892. He's out of Jared's area. And then our buddy uh, Lugnut, Jake Smith. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a pretty rad crew. We had a good time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, to, to let TJ and our listeners know, so I was riding around looking for Mason because I just got right. done texting with Garrett with privateerlife.mx was going to let mason know that he won yeah and we my my area they were cooking steaks and we were talking about food and he said hey we have some corn in here if you want some corn i was like well hell yeah that's so, so he, random and i thought he meant corn on the cob he gives me this big old bowl of corn that i had to ride on the pit bike back <laughs> and i kind of ate the whole bowl i didn't share man that's good stuff huh it that's was some of yeah, that was some of the best corn I've ever had. That is so weird. <laughs> so what? So your plans, obviously, try to race the East Coast. What a year! I mean, winter is coming before the East Coast gets here. <laughs> What's your plans? I mean, being able to work or whatever to be able to get ready for that because that's going to take probably a lot of of full on training to be able to be ready to try to hit the East Coast. So I've got a good buddy of mine, Brad Depringer. Um, he just started his own track building business, DPMX Tracks and Training. Um, shout out to them. He uh, he hooked me up with a nice little mini Supercross track last year, right before the Arena Cross season, um, and so I was able to put some time in on that. 
And this year, I figure since, I mean, I got the land to do it and we got a watering system all trenched in out there and stuff, I figure why not go big and have them build me, you know, a, a legit supercross track. Um, so I went back there and I was mowing today, you know, getting it all taken care of. We're going to get some weed killer, like you said, <laughs> and probably get him out here within the next three weeks or so. Yeah. Um, and get to hammering down on, on getting it built um rather sooner than later uh and then i you know spend spend uh september october and uh no a little bit of november before it gets cold here because usually right about the first week second week in november uh the ground tends to freeze up here right drop so you know i after that it's pretty much uh any warm day i can get i'll go out and spin some motos even if i'm out there in 45 degrees in a hoodie i mean uh, you break it sweat and you'll be all right. Right. I can't imagine riding on frozen ground though, trying to ride like Supercross or something. Yeah, you know it gets sketchy, but you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I know. I know that my son and I think I may do some of them this year. Run that Nitro Arena Cross. We're going to see you at any of those. Yeah, I'd like to hit up some of those and um, make a few dollars. Know, yeah, don't quote me on this, but I've actually heard that uh, somebody is in the works for another arena cross season from November to December. A I, new I, one. I talked to um, to Jay, the guy who runs. I've talked to him quite a bit. His his schedule starts up. I was I, he wants me to uh, talk about it later, and I will. But um, his schedule starts up. Uh, I guess it'd be the first of November. Yeah, and it'll push all the way through into the spring pretty well. But yeah. um, and pretty I solid. go ahead. Oh, uh, they're a pretty solid series for sure. Um, they, I know they put in a lot of work and they hit a lot of places throughout the year. For yeah. Sure. yeah, he's going to have three, three. I guess you call them like um, regions this year. It's going to be, it's an interesting schedule. I think it may work out. I was really, really bummed. Anybody listens to the show knows about us losing the Arena Cross series. Uh, yeah, it sucks. But yeah, I, I wasn't pumped on that either. <laughs> I'm sure we got guys like Jay, and I can't remember the guy who runs the Kicker Series name. They're all trying to step up and get a home for a lot of these riders and a lot of the pros to make money. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's really nice that they're doing that because you know when we go to go to Supercross and stuff. Um, uh, quite a few riders have said this, but you're fighting for a position on the gate there. You know? Sure. Yeah. That's the position on the gate, and then when you're in arena cross, you know you, you're potentially fighting for wins there. That that's still a big big paycheck, you know. Yeah, I, I, arena cross, the major arena cross series going away is definitely going to hurt our sport. Hopefully, it won't last very long. No, like I said, I think uh, don't quote me on this, but yeah. I've heard uh, somebody is is trying to get a hold of that and uh, you know take it somewhere, kind of like how it used to be. Uh, right preseason supercross stuff where riders can go and do the arena cross and make some cash and then you know go and chase the supercross as well yeah that'd be great yeah so hey mason tell me you know um garrett with privateerlife.mx is a friend of the show um and he, he works his ass off trying to help you guys out tell me what his program means to guys like you and your buddies dude i was so pumped at red bud when i i, I got to red bud and we were a little bit bummed because all three of us in the 450 class got denied. Um, and so Gary, our boy Gary in the 250 class was the lone wolf for the weekend. We are all kind of bumming out that we didn't get accepted. And then all of a sudden you guys come up and uh, uh, somebody told me on, on 
Instagram or something that I want it. And I was like, Oh my goodness, no way, man. That helps out so much. Yeah. Just the fact that, you know, there's guys that are willing to go out there and search for other guys that are, are willing to put up the money for us and, and support us. You know, there, there are plenty of ex pros out there that chased it just like us that know how it goes and know, uh, how support is very, very hard to come by. Sure. Yeah. Well, and we know that also, you know, and, and we didn't do the hard part. Garrett does the hard part by putting it all together and starting the program. Yeah. You know, we, we donated some money and a lot of other places do, but yeah, Garrett, Garrett's the one that goes out and, you know, chases all these people down and makes it happen. And it's an amazing, amazing program. We've had them on you guys, listeners, you know, go check out privateerlife.mx and sign up. Whether you're a rider or just somebody that wants to help out a rider, it's so easy. You you can all you gotta do is sign up and offer a bag of ice if you want when when riders come through. It's it's Seriously. ice, a shower, yeah, anything. yeah. It's really really cool. And yeah, you were man when I came around and told you you won at Millville, you were jumping up and down. And I was like, wow, man. It was you know I knew how hard things are for you guys. Like I've heard the stories, but to see your reaction was pretty awesome man it made me feel really good that we were able to contribute even a small amount oh dude the hairs on my legs are standing up right i'm thinking about <laughs> well that's rad man well mason you know again man i appreciate you taking a few minutes to come and talk to us and um we're definitely going to be following you especially when when supercross comes around uh houston and dallas are usually on the east coast so uh we'll we'll be at those races for sure and we'll uh we'll be out there looking for you man all right sweet man i appreciate it Okay, buddy. Well, uh, yeah, try not to do any mowing tomorrow. Do some riding instead, okay? Yeah, no kidding. Thank you guys <laughs> very much. Have a good one. All right, Mason. You too, bud. Cool, man. I, the, the how, how excited was he? Dude, the privateers are, obviously, everybody knows it's kind of where it's at. Those guys are like the, without them, we'd have, our our race series would look like the MotoGPs <laughs> yeah. with like eight guys on the gate. Right. You know, everybody <laughs> talks about how light the field is now. Yeah, imagine if we didn't have privateers. Yeah. So, Jeez, there'd be nobody out there. I mean, what what those guys do to help the privateers, like I said, we we couldn't, we can't do a whole bunch, but, but what he does and what everybody helping out together does makes a huge benefit. Absolutely, so if yeah. So uh, privateer life MX, or is it? Privateerlife.mx. Dot MX, yeah. yeah. Go sign up on that, like you said. I'm on. I'm on there for guys that come through, need a place yep. to crash. I mean, we got the little tiny track if they need it, whatever they need, shower. Those little things go a long ways. And these guys are. You're not like. It's not all '90s motocross. You know what I mean. You're. You're not inviting drug user partying <laughs> and, and all that kind of stuff into your house. You're actually helping out guys who are trying to make a living doing. Is that what, what they the love. '90s was? All drug user. Well, you know, I mean, it kind of has that. That, some of that, I mean, they're, they're not all stink dog. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, man. Jeez. <laughs> You're out there sometimes, uh, CJ. You mean you some, me wait, Hold on. You mean some people think my opinions are out there? Uh, only, uh, only about 99. percent uh, Well, I'm doing something right. I'm just <laughs> yeah. like a crazy old man, right? Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Anyway. So, anyway, all right. So uh, we'll take another break here in a minute. Hey, Marshall? I want to. Yeah, well, yeah, we didn't take commercial, but I, I mentioned this to you off the air, but you haven't listened yet. I want to bring it up. So I got a little hate on uh, the Pulp MX show from the it's about time the rant, somebody the race tech rant of the week you down a peg or two. That was pretty cool. It knocked you down. See that? So, but basically, knocked somebody down a peg or two. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, like your ego. I guess my questions suck, so I got to come up with better <laughs> questions. I wonder if I if I have better questions. 
if that guy will then be like, oh, no, okay, he's cool. Or if he'll still not like me. I hope he doesn't yeah, like what's you. a good question? What, what, like, what, um... I don't know. What dictates a good question and a bad question? I, I don't know. Okay. I, I didn't know if there was, like, some... We're going to commercial. Like, rule book or something that I didn't know you're about. you're over here, like, like crying and... I'm not crying. It's so I, sad. It's fun. No, it's whatever. <laughs> Fuck you. All right, guys. All right, going to commercial. Hey, Kylie. Does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses shock socks. The original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Dark Side here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L. And tell her Moto X Pod sent you. Madjack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil synthetic oils. Amsoil has been around for 45 years and was the first company to bring synthetics to the general public in 1972. Since then, Amsoil has led the way in application specific oils and fluids designed solely for your cars, trucks, motorcycles, boats, and more. We understand what your needs are when it comes to protecting your investments, whether it be your motorcycles or the vehicle you use to transport your motorcycles. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. By joining the Preferred Customer Program, anybody can buy Anzoil products factory direct at wholesale pricing. Want to stock it at your shop or use it on your fleet of vehicles for your business? Would you like to become an Anzoil dealer and have a tax write-off for your trips to the track or trail and start selling Anzoil to your friends and fellow racers? With Amsoil, you get free shipping on orders over $100, even when you are a wholesale customer. Contact Dane Evans to find out how it all works. We at Mad Jack Synthetics are riders and racers just like the guys at the Moto X Pod Show. We know what you need to keep you in the game week in and week out. Amsoil Incorporated is a sponsor of many of your favorite series. Monster Energy Supercross, Snowcross, ATV MX, Daytona Bike Week, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, GNCC, King of the Hammers, Hot August Nights Car Show, and Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. Contact Dane and tell him the Moto X Pod Show sent you. Let him help you save money on your maintenance using Amsoil. Contact Dane at 805-531-9551 or toll free at 855-623-5225 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Like us and contact us on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy, on Twitter at Dane underscore Evans 393, and on Instagram at Dane underscore Amsoil Guy. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Dark Side, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why All Sport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. All Sport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. 
their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try Allsport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, All Sports Dynamic Braces. All right, guys, our next guest is Rocky Mountain KTM mechanic Austin Kent. Austin, what's up, dude? Oh, not much. Just got done washing the bike up. A little late night bike work, like usual. <laughs> yeah, man, you guys uh, pretty much work damn near 24-7, it seems like. Does it ever really end? Uh, yeah, no, not really. I mean, it's, it's always something to do because uh, since we're practice mechanics, too, as well, we usually get our build our bikes on Sundays and fly out Sunday night, if not early Monday morning, then there's usually bike work to do on Monday to get the bike ready for Tuesday when they usually – my guy rides on Tuesdays. I was gonna. I was gonna ask that if you were having to do the practice mechanic work too, or just the race bikes. Yeah, no, both. So it gets to be gets to be quite a bit from time to time. But and then other times it's awesome because you know if we if the week goes smooth and we don't have to build a new practice bike or nothing bad happens, and uh, you know we usually get Wednesdays off, and then that's uh, really usually Mondays and Wednesdays. What free times. So. That's pretty nice. I I kind of do a little bit of the same thing, maintaining three bikes for my kids, and and um, I can't imagine it doing it on y'all's level. It just has to be ridiculous. Yeah, I mean it's it's all worth it. I mean we all. I mean this is why we do it. We know the workload. I mean, pretty much we're we're going to complain about it from time to time, but then again, <laughs> we're going to keep doing it because we love it. So I'm sure Hugh Hefner complained about his job every now and then too. I think I think it's when it's work, it's work. <laughs> yeah yeah i don't yeah, I, would, uh, I don't know about complaining about that job but uh yeah, yeah it depends on what considered work right <laughs> you know i know when i was rolling through the pits at millville you know at i don't know like eight o'clock at night and you guys are out there with the trucks you know sitting canopies up or some of the guys were out there washing trucks on friday i'm like man that just doesn't look fun at all yeah we flew in the day early we had a uh before our build day before Millville was a, kind of a little short because we had to get early flights out Sunday, so we didn't get our bikes completely done. So then we flew in uh, Thursday and then uh, set the truck up and then did, finished most of our bikes on Thursday, or finished most most of the stuff on Thursday, and then uh, just finished up the little, uh, little stuff on Friday. So we just kind of coordinate our fly days a lot of times between how, like, how much we get done. Because usually we know if we have a three o'clock flight or have to leave by three o'clock to go to the airport on Sunday, that we're there's a good chance we're not getting all the way done. So then, the next week we'll just bump our flights up a little bit early. So gotcha. and we have a motor home, we have a motorhome on the road now too, uh, so we actually can stay in it on you know if we if we do have to fly in a day early so we don't have to go find a hotel we can just stay in the motorhome. That's cool. So, so what is it? What in, is entailed with? When you say we got to build our bikes, okay. So after the race is over, the bikes come back to the truck dirty, and then what? I mean, what all goes between that dirty bike and a clean prep race bike for the next week? 
Well, pretty much, um, we, as soon as we get done with the motor, we come back, wash the bikes, and uh, we usually strip them down to the frame right after the race and just put everything in trash cans and in our lockers. And, just, and then, uh, then we'll get up early, get up early Sunday morning and uh, unload our toolboxes and bring all the get all the wash stuff set up and then completely just wash and re-grease everything, clean all the bolts, check everything. Uh, if our motors are timed out, for, I mean, if our engines are timed out, we'll, you know, throw a new engine in, same with suspension. So it's pretty much just building from the ground up each week. That's yeah, that's right. Because so, it takes me like days to do that. Well, what yeah, he he missed racing with us this weekend because he couldn't get his bike tore down in five days and back together. It's because I didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I wish I wish we could take that long on bikes, but man, we just we got about eight to ten hours to get stuff completely done. So what yeah. what's a timeline? Like, how long do your motors last? Your suspension last? I'm just I've always been curious about that. Being a mechanic. Yeah, uh, 250 slides, uh, honestly, like, these engines, it, it's really surprises me how long we can go on them. Like, the practice bikes will go 20 hours, which are they're identical to our race engines, just uh, without our practice engines don't have time. Right. Some of them do, some of them don't. But, uh, but, yeah, the race engines will go normally two to three races, depending on how, how deep it was or how if it was muddy. Or, yeah. You know, and same, same with suspension, usually a couple races. Yeah, so I was kind of looking at your Instagram and your Twitter, and, and it looks like you used to wrench for Kyle Cunningham. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for a couple of years. And now, is that how you got your start, or did you start even before that? Oh, it, it was. It's kind of a crazy story how I ended up in Texas, but uh, back in probably two, in the 2012, or it's probably around 2012, I got a. Uh, I started, you know, kind of wanting to do this whole wrenching thing, and. I ended up uh, I ended up getting a job with the Spare and Suzuki team, the amateur team. Okay. And I worked for Jordan Smith for uh, a few months, and then that was actually the year he signed with Geico. So then that kind of Suzuki team kind of went away. And then I ended up uh, – I went back home and met Cody Williams, which he's from Wisconsin, and I'm from Iowa, so it was a pretty – I mean, we'd see each other at the track, and I ended up – uh, his dad asked me if I'd go to Minio's with him because he he had to stay home and work. So I went down to Minio's with Cody Williams and uh, ended up meeting John Short at Minio's. This, I'm pretty sure this was 2012, if I remember right. Okay. Yeah, it's been a while. But, uh, but, yeah, I ended up meeting John Short, which he's a Texas boy. So. Yeah, he's, he's one of our buddies. Yeah, yeah, he's a good dude. But then he ended up saying that that Horton Racing team, the Yamaha team, uh, was having a tryout because their, their first year of the team, they just had a tryout to have bring and see who's going to be the best, you know, the best three guys. Okay. And so Cody Williams and I loaded up the truck right after Minio's and pinned it straight to Texas. And uh, he ended up getting on the team. And that's how I met, uh, met the whole Horton crew. And so I worked for Cody Williams when he was he got on that team. I worked for him for probably a year, and then that team ended up hiring me full time. So nice. That's how I kind of got around the Texas Texas Moto scene. Like Lexi and David, they were awesome. And then Ed Torrance uh, ran the team, and he kind of took me under his wing. And I learned a ton from him, and just that's how I kind of started crawling my way up through. So. Oh, that's right. 
Yeah, I didn't yeah. really realize you'd spent that much time in Texas because I don't know if you know that we're yeah. we're in the Tyler area. We're from we're all Texas boys. Yeah, I'm sure I've seen you at the tracks and stuff. Which I know I have, but right. I just never actually met you. Met you, but uh, but yeah, it was crazy because when I was working for that Horton team, uh, Kyle was doing his own deal outdoors. I think 2015. Right. And he was over at Ed's because I think Ed did a couple engines for him and. Uh, he's, we had one of our race bikes over there, I'm pretty sure. And he goes, he goes, Hey, what did, uh, do you want to do a frame and swing arm for, uh, for my race bike? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. And, uh, that's kind of how I met him. I did, I, you know, uh, cleaned up a frame, like prepped his race bike for him. And he always told me, he's like, one day I'm going to hire you. And then <laughs> he ended up, he ended up calling me. I actually left, uh, the Horton team after Loretta's in 2015 and went to work for traders traders racing for the last uh uh for the last three outdoors or two outdoors i think it was okay and then uh and then he actually called me that next year and said said he had a deal so that's when i he flew me out to texas and that's kind of how i got started with him and i stuck with him for two two and a half years i think and then uh last year before right before monster cup the rocky mountain team called me and i went to work for them were were you at the pro challenge with Kyle a couple years ago? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's probably yeah. I knew you looked really familiar when I've seen you at the Supercrosses. I'm sure that's where it was because I went up. I talked yeah. to Kyle and and uh, Jimmy that day. So yeah, right on. Yeah, because I, I worked for Albertson's team at 16 with Kyle. Okay. So that's how, and then after that, that's when uh, we all went. Me, Kyle, Jimmy, uh, we all went down to the pro challenge, which that's always a fun race. I always loved going to that. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's that's where I remember you from then, yep, because, yeah, I visited with I, – I got a, a jersey from Jimmy that day, actually. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so, and then how did the BTO – oh, go ahead, sorry. Oh, I had some pretty good memories from that year in 16 with old Jimmy and Greg. Those guys are some characters. Yeah, for sure, I can imagine. I can imagine. So, yeah, it just kind of sucked the whole Superstore thing went down that – how it all ended up but it happens yeah unfortunately in this this uh business we see teams come and go pretty quick yeah that's the only that's the only downfall of a sport that you know that's pretty it's not quite as big as what you know what it could be or what is like kind of like nascar where it holds bigger sponsors and you know it's a lot smaller so right comes and goes a little bit faster than normal but, yeah, well, and unfortunately that team went away. But now you're at one of the one of the better teams in the in the paddock, man. With uh, Rocky Mountain, formerly BTO, uh, you, you got guys like Benny Bloss, Blake Baggett, and Dakota Alex on the team. What is that like? You know, compared to some of the other teams, you know, what does that mean to you? Oh uh, man, I mean it's it's a cool experience getting to getting to work on you know factory equipment. It's yeah, pretty it's pretty insane getting there. And when I got there and I was checking out the bikes and. I pretty much walked in the door, uh, I think the Wednesday, it was either Tuesday or Wednesday before Monster Cup last year, and they, there was a bike sitting there, and just a frame, and they're like, all right, here's going to be the practice bike, how about it, so, you know, so kind of kind of had to learn real quick, and, the, you know, the top is, we got, you know, we had to do stuff a certain way, and, you know, it's uh, it was definitely a learning experience for sure, but that was the best thing about 2016 working with Albertson and those guys is we we kind of ran the team like a factory team like it was pretty structured and everything yeah. 
documented, and Jim Jim Lewis was a huge help on that. He, I learned a lot from him mm-hmm. just with just with uh, running the how how to kind of how a team should be ran with you know just being organized and just so I mean that kind of helped me as a good step going into this. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really seems like things are on a positive upswing for for you. You've been in the right place at the right time, and that's really great. Um, and it looks like you're you're primarily Dakota's wrench, correct? Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, I worked for both riders. I worked. For, sorry, the dog. That's yeah, all right. No worries. I worked for uh, both two fifty guys in the Supercross. I had uh, Alex uh, Rodriguez on the East Coast, and then Dakota on the West Coast. But I was full-time Dakota the whole year so okay I would just work on a on the a rod uh, race bikes on the weekends I had two 250s on the truck so gotcha and, and what to you what's the the best part of what you get to do and what's the worst part and I don't know the probably the best part is just the people you meet like that's something that I'll never ever forget just it's pretty unreal how you know just like I come to Texas and you meet all these awesome people and, you know, I met people all over the country and, you know, you, you never stop meeting people. And it's like the people I meet at the races, that's pretty much your family when you do what we do. Cause we see, we see the people on the weekends more than we see our own families. So right. Right. That's, that's probably the best thing. And probably the worst thing is, I don't know, the travel gets a little, a little much sometimes, especially when you get, you know, stuck in airports and like the last two weekends we've had some pretty, hectic flights like last month they had a 22 hour travel day Ooh. yeah that so, sounds yeah, miserable that, yeah after you know a long weekend at the races it's not like we're you know not working hard at the races and you're already tired enough by you know by the time monday rolls around after building on sunday and you know working race day all day saturday but that's probably the worst thing is probably travel that but seems sometimes short, short flights it's okay but yeah just you just um, that, sometimes. that seems to be the common uh, answer for worst part of the job, whether you're a racer or uh, a monster girl or a mechanic. Everybody hates to travel. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, do you know, like, do you have a contract like where you're going to be with Rocky Mountain for a couple years, or how does that? Is it year by year? Uh, right, it's year by year right now. But uh, usually, like, they've already kind of told us they want to say, uh, that we're going to have jobs next year. So okay. pretty much. Yeah, it's kind of uh, hearsay until a contract season comes sure. around. And we're just, so. Well, and it sounds like it's going to be, at least on the 450 side, probably the same two guys. You're probably going to have Blake and Benny back. That's the rumor anyway. Um, so uh, that's good. Though. It's just a team that's going to keep getting better. And my, my producer here, TJ, is like a huge Blake Baggett fan. I'm a big Blake Baggett fan. Um, I got to meet Benny for the first time at Muddy Creek. Everybody seems great. I ha- I haven't met Dakota yet, and I haven't met um, the, either the uh, was it the owner of the team was it Mr. Butler? Oh yeah, Forrest. Yeah, yeah Forrest. Yeah, I haven't met Forrest. I actually stood next to him in the in the manager's scoring tower during yeah. one of the races, but I didn't want to bother him. So I haven't. But the team seems like a great team. Like it, everybody seems yeah. to get along and be very. Um, it's just a well-run unit. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. I mean, it's. Even like to having Burner around is a huge help too, because he's been there. You know, he's worked, rode for a lot of teams and been around the sport for a long time. And uh, he's, you know, it's good to have him around too, because he knows what it's like to be in our shoes. You know, or a rider or a mechanic. You know, so he 
uh, helps us out a lot. Like he books all of our flights, and he knows like you know what good what are good flights, and you know the stuff like that that he has knowledge. So he takes a huge load off of uh, a lot of people. So it's, so as it's you've awesome. you've been wrenching for quite a few years, it sounds like. Is this what I mean? Do you have aspirations to stay in the sport? Is it something that you want to do for a while and then go do your own shop, or or what's your future plans? I don't know. I often think about that, but right now I'm just kind of having fun because I've kind of got to the, you know, the last couple of years I kind of got to the level where I never really thought I would make it to. <laughs> right. Because so I, I mean, it's such a small world. You know, the industry is such a small world, and it's kind of hard to really get your foot in the door, but. You know, once you do, it's kind of it's kind of crazy because you know we just stopped out. I mean, just when I was a kid, not you know, back in the day, going to the races with my dad and not being able to make it go to the pits, and you know, now it's like, you know, I was one of those kids on the other side of the fence looking in the pits, like, man, I wonder what it's like to be over there. And, yeah. You know, that's kind of that's kind of in the back of my head a lot. So I feel like I'll probably probably run this out for a while, kind of see where it takes. So. No, that's awesome, and I know the feeling because I mean it's not by any means the same thing. But we, as a show, just a year and a half ago, two years ago, were, were the guys on the other side of the fence, just like, oh man, you know, sure would like to be able to talk to Blake Baggett, or sure would be able to talk to you know yeah. Eli Tomac, and now we're getting to interview him. And now, and, now I'm working on a bromance with with Blake Baggett, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> TJ's a little creepy with Blake. We, we've had Keely on on the show, and and. TJ's like, oh, hey, yeah. TJ was like, hey, can can I come to your house and ride? And <laughs> I don't mind being creepy. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me to be creepy. <laughs> I know it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, his house is pretty unreal. It's it's crazy. Yeah, well, maybe maybe one day we'll get the invite to come out and do a on site interview or something. But man, Austin, really appreciate you coming on tonight and uh, speaking to us. And it was really cool getting a chance to meet you and. Um, I doubt we're going to make any more nationals, but we'll definitely be at the Texas rounds of Supercross and hopefully a few others. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate Absolutely, it. man. Uh, good luck this weekend. And, um, man, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Maybe come Supercross. We'll get you back on. All right, perfect. Yeah, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Later, man. man. Right. Yep, take care. See Have a good one. Cool, man. Yeah, another great mechanic, another great – person personality in the in the pits midwest guy too yeah that's like two of them tonight right yeah yeah, yeah. it's Cooper funny Webb's you know, east coast guy so i mean i've seen austin at dallas i've seen at the races I, I like to see him across the pits or when i went and talked to blake or whatever i saw him at houston saw him at st louis like i think man like he would kind of look at me like like i, I know, know you. you and i was like man i know you but we never for whatever reason i never talked to him and finally at muddy or at millville i went up and introduced myself and it's funny that he was at the pro challenge with Jimmy and Kyle. That's just, you know, and we've probably seen him around other races yeah, with him being sure. in the area. So, all, all right. right, let's take uh, our last break of the night and we'll be back with Larry Hughes. All right, guys, we are back for the last segment of the night. And our next guest is brought to you by our newest sponsor, fly racing. Uh, our next guest is Larry Hughes. He is the regional sales manager for Alta in Texas he is the owner of the Main Event Motocross Series, which is the largest night series in Texas. And he also runs HoustonMotocrossLessons.com. Larry, you got a lot of hats. I do. I'm trying to think if I'm forgetting one or two. But, uh, yeah, I'm also the, uh, the uh, Houston representative for, Tex for uh, Houston FCA Motocross. That's Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So I 
when I'm at races, I also put on chapels. We got oh, Bible cool. studies and, and all that kind of stuff too. So yeah, there, that's my other hat. I forgot about that one. That's, there you yeah, go. That's, that's really cool. We, we're good friends with Brian Jackson up here and he does that yep. stuff. And then I was reading in your bio that your mentor, your kind of mentor was uh, Steve Wise, which, so. We all know Steve Wise. Yeah, yeah. So I was curious that that was something that you did also. That's, that's really a cool thing. Yep, absolutely. And, and it sounds like you have a great radio voice. Just throwing that out there too. I mean, so ne- next thing you know, he's he'll, fast too. And he's fast on a dirt bike. Fast. He's fast. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, how do you keep the women off of you with that kind of crazy <laughs> list of, of accolades there? Man, I've got a face made for radio, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, Larry, I, I had the pleasure of meeting you at Three Palms, and yep. you um, you made my day and kind of ruined. <clears throat> TJ's life because you let me ride an Alta, which his dream is to ride an Alta, and he was not there that day. Well, here, here's the issue, Larry. Just so you know, I've been touting that bike since the day that I saw it. I mean, the Redshift, I want to say it was like four years ago when they first started bringing the concept of the Redshift forward. And I've been telling everybody, this will be it. This is the next bikes. And everybody's like, you're crazy, and which <laughs> I am kind of crazy. And I've been, and I've got to the point now that I've basically told my wife, I will have one of these. And she's just starting to give in. You know what I mean? So um, there's, oh, yeah. there's a good chance that, that I mean, I'm going to be on one of these bikes hopefully next year. I'm really, really, really working on it. Well, I tell you, if you knew about this four years ago, you knew it about you knew about it about two years before I did. I didn't even know the company existed until Red Bull Straight Rhythm oh, uh, wow. two years ago when Josh yeah. Hill. Yeah, I mean, so I'm pretty connected in the motocross industry. So one of the things that I do also uh, after I quit racing, so I turned pro when I was 18 in 1980, and and then did some arena cross. I mean, excuse me, Supercross and Outdoor Nationals, made night made made night programs and made some Outdoor Nationals and stuff. I was you know close to a top 20 guy, but when I quit racing. In my early 20s, I started doing announcing. So I've announced Houston Supercross with Larry Huffman. Oh, and, wow. Uh, you know, that's just one of the highlights of what I've done is, 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 is being in the booth with him. Just amazing. From being a, a fan of the sport to being a rider in the sport as an amateur, then a pro. But being in the, in the booth with Larry Huffman was, was a treat. But, so I'm real connected, right? I've been doing lessons forever. I grew up with Steve Wise, and, and he kind of mentored me. I raced for his dad's shop. But, so here I am watching Red Bull Straight with him two years ago. And I'm like, how is this electric bike I've never heard of competing with the factory Japanese bikes and beating them, yep. you know, all at the same time? And it that got my attention right then. And then it was funny. Um, Blake Wharton and I have done some motocross schools together to benefit James Marshall here in Houston. Yeah, we and, know Blake. Uh, yeah, so just a few months later, Blake was down here, and we were to, we were going to do a, a a motor. We were doing a motocross school f- to benefit James Marshall and. And uh, Blake had just done his, his test on the Alta at uh, on Racer X because he does you know some yeah. work for them. And so I asked Blake. I said, Blake, I said, how's the bike? He goes, man, it's it's really good. And this was all off the record. And I was mm-hmm. like, God, are you kidding me? He goes, yeah, it's amazing. And I'm not kidding you. It was a week later. I get a phone call from from Ian Gray, who yeah. was the owner of Cycle Cycle Ranch for for a few years. And Ian says, Larry, there. And I didn't know it. He's an angel investor. So you know how Ian is. He's he's a He's a, one of those visionaries, entrepreneur guy, but he jumped on early, early mm-hmm. with Alta. He said, look, they've got a position as a regional manager, and you're the guy. Nobody's more connected and has the experience and has the dealer network because you know, I'd been with Parts Unlimited for 28 years, and that's what I told him. I go, Ian, I've been with Parts for 28 years, and although the first 20 were, were really good and the last eight haven't been that good, <laughs> um, I'm a pretty loyal guy. And he goes, man, you've got to call these guys. And when I did and flew out there and just being at the factory – and 
and the vibe out there, it is, it took me in and then they made me offer and I took it about a year ago. Well, I know for me years back, this had to have been six to eight years ago. I got hurt and blew my knees apart and it couldn't race. And I'm like, I'm going to take a break from racing for a while. And I got into racing RC cars right as maybe a longer than that right at the basically the end of nitro as the lipo brushless motors were taking taking over in rc cars and then when i saw this bike i'm like guys i saw what happened with rc where basically electric killed the nitro and it was a good thing the the cars were easier to work on the the everything was better and um i see that happening with alta and um i'm a big proponent of these electric bikes so it, it is. I mean, I, I, and I haven't even bike. rode one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just waiting. You know, and that's what I want to, I want to say to everybody out there, you know, cause there's most of the people think that it's, it's really incredible and they want to get on board. And of course there's a percentage that's going to be like that with everything, but there's a percentage that hate it. Right. And they mm-hmm. don't know about it. What I want to say to those guys is we want to hear your opinion, but we'd really value your opinion more if you go ride the bike. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Just, just, and here's the deal. Every single Alta dealer in the country. So, I mean, you got two in Dallas, you've got SMS and you've got, we've got the uh, straight line, you know, uh, Todd Tarver there two two there in Dallas. You've got two in Houston, one in Austin. They're all over the country, right? This is, I'm just in charge of the South central U S as far as setting the dealer network. We've got one in Springfield, Missouri now, one in near new Orleans. Uh, they're all over. You just go to the Alta website, put your zip code in mm-hmm. and, and contact whatever dealer is close to you. You can do a free demo. They will meet you at the track. Plus, we've got demos that we schedule, but just contact your local dealer. We've got free demos we do all the time. Dealers do. Dealers will do this. They've got demo bikes. And, and for those guys that, that really don't get it, you know, and or maybe they don't want to get it, just go ride it. It's a dirt bike. And then let's hear your opinion after you ride it. Definitely. Yeah, um, that, that's really cool. I didn't know that all the dealers did demos. Like, I've always, since I was a kid, wished – back then the four major manufacturers, you know, were like, why don't they do demos? Because I don't know what bike I want. You know, I right. don't know what they ride like. And yeah, that's, that's an amazing offer to do that. Yeah. And you know, KTM kind of does that, but and Yamaha, but they've got a tour where it goes around, but okay. and part of, and part of it is though, that the reason the big four don't is liability, right? Sure. Everybody's afraid of liability, but I'm telling you, and we are too, but we, we've, we've, it's a real smart company. The guys running it are – it's really weird too, guys. So I gave you kind of my history, and you guys looked up and gave me my – gave the intro. So I'm an old-school guy. I've been around a long time, but I also like cutting-edge new stuff. I'm not going to say I'm like Roger DeCoster, the man, but Roger <laughs> DeCoster, he is the man, and he's the old-school of old-school, but he loves progressing. And I've talked to yeah. Roger about this before. Most old guys want to talk to Roger about all the old stuff. Roger just wants to talk about the new stuff and progressing, but – so I'm I'm kind of the same way, right? I'm nowhere near that level. Please don't say that I'm trying to say that. No, but, I understand. Oh no, that's that's yeah, what that's but, what's going on our social media. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. But so I'm an old school guy, and I just want to encourage those old school guys to to just give it a, a chance and try it and ride it and and see what you think. Yeah, I, you know, we had heard. Well, I had heard about it through the Pulp MX show, and Chris Kiefer was testing it, and that was before the straight rhythm. It was really. Not a lot known about it at the time. He was doing some of the initial testing, and, and he raved about it. And really, the, the only negative that I hear from buddies that are like, no, I don't want to try one of those things, is the, the lack of engine noise. And that really is, seems to be 
the negative from the rider point, like it doesn't sound like a dirt bike. And then also if you're on another bike on the track, you don't hear it coming necessarily. That seems to be the only negative that I hear about Well, that maybe the battery life. Yeah. So the biggest uh, negative is range, you know, battery life and, and how you got to manage that. And it's definitely manageable. And with our new 2018 and now the 2019, so let me tell you this, the 2018 MXR, which is the motocross version, mm-hmm. that's our second generation bike. Uh, it's been muchly improved from the 17, whereas the battery stays cooler longer. The range is about the same, but the battery stays cooler longer. So what that says for the riders that are really hard on the throttle and put a heavy load on the battery, it'll stay cooler longer. It won't get into what we call thermal limiting, yeah. where our, seven, our 17 would with a real fast guy on it, with an average woods guy or a slow motocrosser, they never would have that issue at all. But now that's been fixed, and our 2019 model is the exact identical to the 18, which is on the way to dealerships now. There's no change whatsoever, not even B&G. It didn't get the bold new graphics, but it's exactly the same. Uh, but what my point was, the two, the two negatives, right, mm-hmm. is range, which can definitely be um, – Address like so you were at the GP track there dark side when when I raced the over fifty class yes sir for the Moto Masters and the GP track at Three Palms in Houston puts a heavy load on a bike that's got fourth and fifth gear straightaways and some soft dirt right yeah absolutely and, uh, so I was able to I whole shot both my motos in the over fifty five class won the first moto ended up second the second moto but didn't have any 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 problem with battery range or with thermal limiting and that was a hot you know. 95 degree day but the other thing i was going to tell people that is the other thing that's that is uh and you you talked about the lack of sound really for the rider when he when you're riding the bike the lack of sound is not an issue okay the people that seems to bother more is spectators that are watching it spectators like i'm not gonna i don't want to watch a i don't want to go to a stadium and watch a bunch of silent bikes going around and and i kind of get that but it makes a noise yeah it does it's amazing but the rider when you ride the bike the lack of sound is really not an issue at all, uh, but except for and, and you touched on it. And you're right. When you're coming up on somebody, you got to give them a little extra room. They don't know that you're there, and it's a little tricky at that point. And conversely, when somebody's catching up to you, you got a faster guy catching up to you. You think he's right on you, and you look back, he's ten bike lengths behind you. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I want to say that I've heard people complain about the noise of they can't hear the bikes coming. That's a load of baloney because I ride a 125 and guys mm-hmm. don't hear me either behind them. That's that's sure. just that's just naysayers. Well, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I really do think like what you said, it, it's these people that are sort of against it right now would just try it. They'd fall in love with it. Like I was excited about it. I was definitely not a naysayer, but I could not believe how much fun it was. Like I that. You know, I'd rode only two motos that day because I'm out of shape and I was exhausted. But I got on that bike and I felt like I could have rode it all day. I did not want to bring it back to you. <laughs> yeah, that's part of it too. It really is. Uh, it's smoother to ride, and it puts a big smile on your face. I mean, and isn't that why we, you know, saddle up and get on a bike anyway? Is to is to man to get that big smile when we come right. Up. Well, I got some questions that, I mean, sure. you being just, I mean, you being the regional sales, you may not know this. Um, mm-hmm. I, you probably do know, like, I know Harley has invested from what I hear into the company mm-hmm. and, um, which is definitely going to help as far as future growth of, of the company. But what have you heard? I know Honda's worked with Mugen to build a, an electric bike. KTM has their, their, 
I, I guess they're small free rides or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is from your either point of view or what you can say, what does the future hold? And then I got another question after that too. Sure. No, great questions. Uh, yeah, the Harley deal is Harley has, has invested in our company. They want us to build two street models for them. And uh, within a year, year and a half, they, they should be, that's the plan to have them ready. And, and awesome. we would make them, Alta would make that 100% in the, the U.S. facility, and it would roll off our showroom floors and go directly to Harley dealers. So that's, that's definitely a big plus. And I don't know if you guys saw, but Harley just introduced, uh, I think yesterday, some, some new models are coming out with that look great. They had an adventure touring bike. Right. And they also have a new street tracker bike, which both look amazing but, awesome. uh, for Harley. But um, yeah, that would be that would be huge. And then yeah, I have heard stuff about Honda and Mugen teaming up to. to I've seen some pictures uh, of right. some, some weird looking stuff, and <laughs> you know those those guys can. Um, those guys are pretty good. They know what they're doing. So um, and KTM, I'm sure you know the the president of KTM said about a year ago in an interview that by the year 2020, they didn't want to have any gas powered 50 cc motocrossers. Right, I remember that. So it's 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 coming. Yeah, and, and I I don't think I I think it's a good thing. I think eventually people will get used to it. Just like when two strokes went to four strokes, you know, everybody was against it, and like people just they don't like change. Yeah. But yeah. once they check it out, they'll love it. And another thing I was gonna say is, I have really poor technique. Like I don't I don't keep my fingers on the clutch lever. Um, I don't like using my clutch much. But that's where a lot of my energy goes is from having that that's bad cool. technique and bad form. And on the Alta, I didn't have to use a clutch. I just twisted the throttle and it took off. And I was like, wow, this is great. Yeah, it's, it's so, uh, you know, so I've been riding a long time. And uh, in my, you know, as I said, I rode the over 55 class. So that kind of gives you an idea of where I'm at. <laughs> so the, the first time I rode an Alta was a little over a year ago now. And the first, like, three or four laps, two or three laps, really, was a little weird. But once I got past that, yeah. and I just got used to the throttle control. Man, it was just, it was just automatic. Now, I'll tell you what's weird. I've gotten completely used to that. I've sold my gas-powered bikes, and I was doing a demo up in Kansas City a couple months ago, and uh, a guy owned a, a KTM shop, and he had a, a, a test track near the house, and him and his buddies came out there. Pretty cool. Uh, Kevin Morans was out there that day. He oh, was nice. top 20 guy. And yeah. Kevin did a cool video on the bike. But uh, So while people were taking, doing demos on my on my two demos on this little track they had, and it was a pretty good little track, backyard track, but uh, – the owner says, "Hey, why don't you? If you want to ride, why don't you, you got your gear? Why don't you jump on my? I got a 2018 brand new, you know, KTM 350." I'm like, "Ah, oh, excellent!" I get on that thing. I'm like, "Whoa, I yeah, mean, what's going on here? There's so much stuff going on here. Wait, I'm not in the right gear, and I got to do this." And, yep. And, uh, so it's a little harder once you get used to the electric and and automatic to go back to a gas powered manual versus the other way around. So 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 the four strokes are old school to him. Yeah, already <laughs> I know, right? That's funny. So I, my question, my next question was yeah. uh, about the racing of the bike. Uh, first thing I've heard that it was, they were supposed to be able to race in Canada, and I've kind of watched some of their stuff, and I haven't seen the Alta there. And I've sat around and talked with Coombs a, a couple of times about it. And I just don't understand why they don't let them in the vet classes or the open right. classes. And just kind of curious about where y'all are on that. Right. No, good question. So, uh, yeah, and it's weird. I've gone, I've talked to Tim Cotter quite a bit, you know, at MX Sports uh, and have uh, talked to Davey a little bit uh, online. And I haven't talked to Davey personally about it. I've talked to, to Tim Cotter quite a bit. And 
just just recently. So here's the official thing with AMA for 2018. The AMA has the electric bikes legal this year in amateur racing in any open CC class. That's in the rule book. That's a supplemental rule. Okay. Now it's up to each AMA promoter, which I am a charter promoter. You guys mentioned my series, the main event series, and um, to accept that rule or not. And almost all of them have. Freestone accepted it this year. If my 2018 demo would have been here in time, you would have seen it at the at the James Stewart Spring Championship in some classes, uh, but it wasn't here in time. But uh, so almost every promoter has MX Sports, as you alluded to, talking about Coombs and, and Davey, that they have not. They're they're not letting it yet into into Loretta Lynn's, but they've let it into Daytona and they let it into some other events that they put and on. They let it into qualifying for Loretta. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so their position is this: they go, look, we're just not ready yet at the national level to put the, to allow these bikes. And my argument to them was, guys, you have an open CC class. So the vet classes and the 450 classes are described as 122 CC to open CC. So my, to, this is what exactly what I told Tim. I said, that's an open class. So you could run anything. You could run a, a, a 525, a 540, whatever the different, you know, the Husabergs that were out years ago or whatever, anything that's open CC. And um, he said, yeah, but your electric bikes aren't measured by CC. I go, well, I get that, but it's open. So there's no limit to how many CCs you can put on a CC measured bike. Right. And uh, he says, well, we're, we're just not ready yet. So my guess, and, and I don't know this, but just in talking to him, I think it'll be legal next year in the vet classes for Loretta Lance. Yeah, they're going to, I mean, at some point they have to do it. So, yeah, it would be in their best interest, I think to allow it because a lot of people are going to go to them. I mean, especially yeah. a lot of vet riders they are going to, they're going to find how, how much fun it is and fall in love with it. My wife's going to be so mad because I have to have one now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, listen, he'll tell you, honey, look, I can spend more time with you because I never have to work on this. I, okay. Well, the problem is, is I spend probably somewhere in the neighborhood of, I don't know, four to six hours a day working on my kids two fifties. So yeah, yeah, I'm going to be in the shop either way. There you go. So well, let, next let's change gears just a little bit. Um, so let's talk about your, your website and your, your, uh, the Houston motocross lessons.com and, and your writing lessons you give when, how did that start? And, uh, tell, tell our listeners a little bit about it. Sure. Thank you. Um, basically, uh, I'm going to go back to Steve wise. Uh, Steve kind of coached me when I was younger, I'm from the Valley originally, uh, you know, deep South Texas where Steve's from. And I'm about five years younger than Steve. And for those of you that don't know, you know, I know that the, the host and producer here does know, but for those of you that don't know, Steve Wise, one of the, the all around best motorcycle, motorcycle racers of all time is one, the only rider in the history of AMA to win a outdoor national, a supercross, um, an AMA road race and a, and a flat track. And then of course the culmination of all those super bikers back in the eighties. So just an amazing rider. And, was very fortunate to learn from Steve. And, and then when Steve quit racing, um, he started doing lessons and I was, I was, uh, assisting with, in his classes. And, um, and then when he stopped doing lessons, I write riders were coming to me and this was probably late eighties or so here in the Houston area. I'd already moved up to Houston. And, um, and so I just kind of did it part-time. So I've done it part-time on and off for, you know, 25 years or so. And it's something I really like a lot. And it's kind of parlayed into, the FCA camps that I do. So FCA puts on, puts on camps, motocross camps in Texas and all over the, the country, but a couple of big ones in Texas every year. And, and, uh, we have, we'll, we'll have anywhere from 
seven to eight instructors. We've had Andrew Short at our instructor at our camps before. Just a great quality of, of instructors. Um, John Short has been there as well. Of course, no relation. Um, right. It's right. just a whole host of, of great instructors. And I, I'm the lead instructor for those camps now the last couple of years. And, and I, I love doing it. It's something that I enjoy a lot. And I feel like I communicate well with the riders. And, and um, you just, I've got just years of experience, right? And um, so, um, yeah, so that's something I do on the side, I do part-time. And I started doing a little bit less the last year or so. Uh, but now I'm picking back up with that again because the trend, I mean, you guys have seen it. I mean, there's training facilities all over the place. Oh, yeah, and, for sure. You know, there's there's less racing, local racing going on, and there's more training going on, right? That's kind of the trend of, of what the amateurs do these days. But I am getting more calls these days, and, and uh, the website brings me a lot of business as well as it just word of mouth, obviously. But, uh, but real interesting, though, as far as the main event series that I run, too, um, I've had it for 12 years. And I just sold it about three weeks ago. Oh, so okay. my award ceremony is going to be August 25th. It's the only series in Texas that I know of that has a separate, you know, uh, banquet style award ceremony where we call up riders on a podium at a, at a, you know, banquet style setting and give them their big four foot trophy. And it's a lot of fun. I, I really do that. And, and for years, James Marshall was the, was the main focus behind the series and we used it to, to help and, and uh get james some some uh some support and right. for those of you who don't, don't know james he was a promising young supercross rider from houston that got hurt in 06 at the san diego supercross and and uh, has been confined to a wheelchair ever since and, and just fights for his life every day pretty much but um but yeah so james is um it's kind of moved on and, and getting some other care now and and um i've decided to, to sell the series uh mike clement uh an old racer that yeah I, that we, we used to dice back in the in the eighties, um, in, in locally and, and at nationals and stuff like that. Um, a good friend of mine here in the Houston area has bought it and, uh, Very cool. but yeah, but that'll, that'll uh, change hands after the award ceremony here in, in August, August 25th. Well, that's really awesome, Larry. Um, like we appreciate you coming on tonight. You've, you've got a lot of stories. I, I think we, we'd like to get you back on sometime and talk a little bit more about your history and some, probably, uh, some of the supercross stories you have and motocross yeah. stories. You, you said you've made some, Supercross races, main events, and some nationals, and uh, we'd love to get you back on and, and dive into that stuff. We spent a lot of time on Alta tonight, but or if you're ever in this area on a Tuesday night, we could always you we we love in studio guests also. Yeah, yeah, I, we, I, I'm on the road every now and then. I'll give you guys a call, so we'll we'll make it happen, guys. Thanks yeah, for having. Yeah, me. man, we're we're right by we're right down the road from Swan. So yeah, if you're ever in the area, just yeah, hit us up. Okay, we'll do, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you, Larry. You have a good night, and we'll talk to you real soon. Thank you. Okay. Have a good night, guys. Bye. You too. Man, that guy, oh, his website has such a wealth of knowledge of what yeah. he's done. We got to get him on when we have more time. Yeah, like, definitely. We, you know, we always, we, like, we've talked about this a lot. We schedule our guests for a certain amount of time <laughs> and we get into an interview and you just go, gosh, there's so many more things I want to talk about. And we just run out of time, unfortunately. But yeah, check out HoustonMotocrossLessons.com. If you want to learn more about Larry and what he's got going on and um, hit him up about the Alta and we'll definitely get him back on to get some of his racing stories for sure. So that it tonight. We done. I, I guess that's it. We're going to wrap this thing up. I guess this is outro music about to come out. You got to do all your, all the thanking the sponsors. And uh, all, yeah, oh, before, yeah. before we get that far, before we get that far, a yep. uh, guy that we had on the show a few weeks ago, I've talked about it before. Cameron Namola. Nimola? Now I forgot. It's Nimola. Yeah. Anyways, um, the dude is in a serious battle for his life. 
he um, wound up with cancer, and it's like in his blood, yeah. and he's doing that. I went online to PrimeMX.com. I bought some shirts and some stickers. Everything that, that comes out of the PrimeMX, it's his website, is all going to his medical bills and things he needs. The other day, they had to put him in ICU. Um, the Moto community is awesome. Guys, just go on there, buy a shirt, buy a hat. I mean, you're actually getting something out of it. The guy does it. He's trying to. He he did like a, a raffle for a carburetor he built. Yep. I mean, he does. I think some family members have set up a donation thing, but he's not asking for donations. He's asking for help, and he's willing to, like I said, sell his shirts and his hats and his stickers and different stuff like that. Uh, once again, it's on Prime MX. You can keep up with his videos. Uh, his name, Cameron Nimola. I don't remember how to spell it. but it, oh. N-I-E-M-E-L-A. There you go. And it's prime, P-R-Y-M-E-M-X.com. And um, check it out. I mean, the guy's awesome. I yeah, just yeah. recently got to know him. And, right. And I'm, well, it's heart-wrenching. And it's, fun, it's, it's funny because like I don't watch how-to videos very much on YouTube. Yeah. But I was struggling with bleeding my brakes like getting them really the way I want them yeah like, I know how to bleed a set of brakes but I still felt like they were spongy so I googled or I YouTube searched and like his video one of his videos came up I didn't realize it was him while I was watching it I was just watching it I was like oh that was really it was really helpful yeah and then at the bottom I saw his name I was like shit we just talked to that dude yeah he's awesome guy, yeah yeah so. it was great so and I, but yeah it's unfortunate that he's going through what he's going through yeah so yeah so I just want to throw that out yeah. there I know I'm not trying to end on a bummer note but guys this dude could really use our help. Absolutely. All right, guys. So I want to thank all our, our sponsors, Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs, All Sport Dynamics, Dane Evans with Mad Jack Synthetics, Amsoil, and, of course, our newest sponsor, Fly Racing. Fly Racing in the house. Yeah. All right, guys. We uh, I'm back to the – all right, guys. All right, guys. Okay, guys. <laughs> anyway, whatever. We'll be back next week with – uh, who knows? A I bunch of a bunch of people. A bunch of people. There, well, there's somebody I'm working on. It hasn't been confirmed yet. I'm hoping we don't get even it. say it. You don't want to jinx it. Just don't no, say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Okay. Is that it. good? Okay. All right. I'm gonna go get me a Mick double. <laughs> Later. See.